Hey everybody, this is Perch, and I'm here with Joe Corallo again. How are you? I'm all right, Perch. How are you? I'm doing good. I ask you that every time. I, I don't know what. I, I, I'm assuming you're always doing okay. So uh, so so far, I mean, you know, I, I'm sure I've been terrible on some days, but yes. I'm probably not here for that. So I'll be terrible right now. Just to excellent. Be That'll be perfect. That's great. So we're going to talk about a legend in the industry, um, a guy who I think a, a lot of people know, and I think worked for. Everyone, almost. Uh, no, every, I mean, just about everybody in the in the entire comic industry. I'm yeah. talking, of course, yeah, about Rich Buckler. Yeah, Rich Buckler, uh, since like the 70s, he bounced around Marvel and DC. He's probably drawn just about every single character you, you, you can imagine. Yeah, uh, he did a lot of license work. I mean, when you pull up his body of work, it's everything. You know, yeah, I, I mean, he's drawn. You know, he did a ton of stuff with uh, Fantastic Four and like World's Finest in particular. Mm -hmm. um, he, uh, yeah, I, I mean, he's drawn every. He did license comics. He did uh, Archie. Yep, he's uh, been to Image, he's been to Dynamite, he's drawn Red Sonia's butt, he's done... Yeah, um, yeah, Malibu comics, you know, uh, what was it? Yeah, I, I mean, everything uh, over, over the course of that time, Atlas comics. Uh, he was the guy, I think, who was really responsible for, or one of the guys responsible for that, like, uh, was it Red Circle at Archie, like the superhero yep. Yeah, that's line? True shared universe well not shared universe that was before that time but yeah the mighty crusaders uh he yeah. was a part of that he uh, he has this rep uh that does come up even today of like which one artist has drawn the most characters mm -hmm. and buckler's name often uh, usually comes up as the guy who's drawn everyone from dc everyone from marvel yeah and it sounds like that's potentially accurate i mean it's he's done everything yeah he's certainly one of the people that's done everything there and he according to rich himself i've i've met the guy on multiple occasions uh you know he did pass away in 2017 but mm -hmm. uh, i i met him on multiple occasions multiple cons i have original artwork from him i've been to his studio and hung out with him according to rich he was the sole creator of deathlock okay excellent that's that's what he felt uh, about that character and and doug mank is listed as the co-creator uh, of deathlock but uh, according to rich it was all him and and doug just wrote like the the scripts but that rich came up with the character design the character the idea and it was more like Doug just wrote the the script that that was involved with that which starts getting us to why rich maybe was disliked by so many people yeah <laughs> we're getting there so yeah. what we were saying is he was a creator of deathlock which means technically uh he is the co-creator he's the shoulders people stood on for the great death locket yeah i have the you know proud badge of honor of being the person to inform rich that death locket existed yeah, and uh, I, I showed it to him. And, uh, he 
Yeah, he, he thought it was very stupid. Uh, he used a word that I'm not going to use here, but you all know what that word is to uh, <laughs> describe how he felt uh, about that character. Yes. Uh, yeah, he was very upset by it. But uh, Rich's legacy extends beyond drawing comics. He had multiple assistants over the year, in particularly two of his assistants were... Dennis Cowan and mm -hmm. George Perez. Yeah. You know, at, at a time where there were people of various backgrounds in, in the industry, but it wasn't that common for someone like Rich to introduce uh, two uh, people of color who would go on to have massively successful careers in comics. Yeah, I mean, arguably two of the most famous artists in all of comics, right there. Yeah, uh, to this day. I mean, yeah. it's it, it's crazy how how much they they went on to certainly you know surpass Rich, and mm -hmm. you know have tremendous careers. And as talented as Dennis Cowan and, and George Perez are. One could make the argument that it, it wouldn't have mattered. They eventually would have made it big in comics because look at how uh, creative and, and, you know, just magnificent their artistic capabilities are. The way comics works and the way life works is it's that like, you know, 80% is showing up. It's being at the right place at the right time. If you didn't have Rich there, getting George Perez in at Marvel when he did, he probably wouldn't have gotten on Avengers at the time. I, I mean, George was only like two years out of high school when he was becoming a regular artist yeah. at Marvel. Yeah. That doesn't happen without someone like Rich Buckler there pushing you and, and making sure you get out there because as much as we like to act like all these people got there purely on talent, there are incredible artists that we'll never know because they weren't at the right place at the right time. The network matters. It, 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 yeah. always, it, it absolutely matters. And we've seen that in comics uh, time and time again of people who, who got in because of who they know. And sometimes we often talk about that as a bad thing. Yeah. Of, but in this case, we're talking about, uh, yeah, I mean, a young George Perez, his career was really ignited in good part because of Rich Buckler. His first published work was in Deathlock. Yeah. And if it's weird to say that out loud, but it's true. Yeah. And if George Perez didn't do what he did at the right time, he doesn't leave Marvel with Marv Wolfman to do New Teen, New Teen Titans. Mm -hmm. New Teen Titans doesn't become the big success it is that leads to him doing Crisis and ultimately becoming one of the single most popular 80s artists there, up there with John Byrne, yeah. it doesn't happen. Dennis Cowan doesn't go on to have the, necessarily the same career at the same time. I, I mean, does the Dennis Cowan... Dennis Cowan was only like 14, I think, when he started a, as an assistant for Rich. That is That's what I see here as well. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, so, so that's, that's pretty incredible that these two individuals came in this way and then they're coming in via 
Rich Buckler, who at that point, I mean, well, now to get into the kind of the controversy alluded to, um, Buckler is somebody who I don't want to maybe hated is too strong a word, but fairly universally disliked. And as I was getting ready to talk to you, I was looking around. I came across uh, a kind of a, a longish rant by John Byrne, who, hey, I mean, he hates the guy. And yeah, pretty easy to see a lot. You can very quickly find a lot of creators really slamming Buckler. And and why is that? Yeah, I mean, one reason you see is there's a, a pretty lengthy article from. Uh, I think it's CBR or yeah, CBR talking about an instance with uh, David McElhenney, who was at the time doing Star Hunters, and Rich became the regular artist on that. And David went on to have him be the regular artist, had him give him some examples of ship designs, and one of the ship, like Star ship designs, David later found out was basically a swipe from a kid's cartoon and yeah. that really upset David. And he ended up going over to Marvel as a result. It turned out it wouldn't have mattered probably either way because the DC implosion happens shortly after that and the book would have been canceled and David would have been out of luck, but it's probably good. David did it when he did because he was able to get in at Marvel before the implosion happened. Yeah. You know, that, that said, it is interesting because Star Hunters, the, the way David talks about this here, and I, I adore David. I've met David. Um, he is a phenomenal creator. You're about uh, to do the same thing I'm thinking, I suspect. <laughs> yeah. he. No one cares about Star Hunters. It's not a precious yeah. property that uh, is worth holding in such high regard because the way David approaches it is it's like this this swipe of this one ship design from a cartoon completely undermines my brilliant idea that is you know Star Hunters a comic no one cares about let's just be honest yeah so it does seem certain at the time I totally get it you're in it you're doing this comic in hindsight looking back now especially when you look at the incredible body of work that David Michelini has under his belt. It's like, who cares that you did Star well, Hunters? <laughs> and and it's, this isn't a defense of swiping or... Tracing, no, no, no. The, the, the art piece in question is, is uh, really, who cares? I mean, it's... it's, it's <laughs> I, I'm looking at it and it's like, okay, it's the same shape and he's put some of the same things on here, but it's like, I don't know, this was a panel? Like, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just... It's hard to imagine throwing down and saying this is destroying all the creative integrity of the company and I'm going to quit if you don't fire this guy, which um, DC, as the story goes, I think DC didn't fire him. No. And, that's, and so that, then he walked. Yeah. And then kind of the story got out that the title was canceled because of the swiping, but the title was canceled amidst everything in the DC implosion. And it's hard to believe that swiping had any bearing on it one way or another. No, absolutely not. And... <sighs> You're right. It, it's it is silly with with how that went down and other arguments that that people would have over swiping. I think one interesting point too is in the article. It's sort of you know David was very upset about this and talks about how it's so lazy and this and that. But 
I, I don't think you can talk to a single artist today who would think it's lazy sticking to a monthly schedule and you do have to cut corners. This is talk, talk to the people at image in, in the early nineties. I don't think any of them thought they were lazy, but they couldn't get a book out on a monthly schedule. It's hard work. It's very hard. And I, I think, and again, none of this, I know some people may have this view in the comments and it's, this is not a defense of swiping. Absolutely. But I mean, the the list of artists that swipe is massive. <laughs> it's massive, and it doesn't stick to them like it sticks to Buckler. Yeah. It stuck so hard to Buckler. But when you look up, like if you Google and look at, you know, people who have been accused of swiping, it's everyone from Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko, yeah. Bob Kane, Gil Kane, Liefeld. David Mack, Todd McFarlane, yeah. you know, Keith Giffen, Ron Friends, like Mike Allred, yeah. you know, the Greg Land is a current example of someone who is constantly reminded by people that he's either swiping or he's tracing. Yeah. Um, he's, <laughs> he just traced that like alien cover. Yeah. Yeah. There's a solicitation out for his uh, symbiote Spider-Man where the comic reviewer is putting in the credits Greg Land and then a bunch of actresses from Pornhub mm -hmm. as the creators of the comic. I mean, it's it's a joke at this point, yet Land continues to get work and covers and it doesn't seem to matter. And it doesn't turn into this hatred that it did with Rich. Yeah. It's it's what? weird. I mean, I so I, we were talking before, but I, I'm I'm trying to figure out what else did he do. There had to have been more here, because the the tracing alone, um, you know, Comics Journal, of course, in 1983, uh, publishes this article. I think calling him a plagiarist and saying he was writing his name over Kirby's work, and I think they showed some examples that clearly were Kirby drawings and clearly. I mean, it, it, there's no mistake about it. Rich was copying that that style. I mean, it, yeah. it, there's there's no illusions there. Um, and then he Buckler sues them, but then drops the suit, and and then weirdly everybody starts taking a victory lap, like we beat him. And it's it's just it it all feels very strange. Like maybe Buckler had kicked their children or something. <laughs> yeah, there there are a few. Uh, uh, odd stories out there and, and yeah. I have heard them uh, from people who were involved uh, so these are these are secondhand uh, one of them is a third-hand story but there you know I'm not going to name names but mm -hmm. there there are stories going around about how uh, and, and, and these are these are crazy but <laughs> yeah, yeah there's one that he was involved in selling Russian brides. Okay, sure. As that do. was yeah. a story that was going around that he would solicit people if they were interested in buying Russian brides. Hmm. You got to supplement that comic income somehow. Yes. They, they, there's another story yeah. where a book he was fired from uh, for being late that he would go on to either hire or convince a couple of guys to rough up the artists that took over the book. Hmm. 
Nice. So, so yeah, that this is where I think we start to see where these things are happening, where there is this disconnect that like no one's talking about, and, and there there are people who are just like, I don't like this guy, but they're not coming out and saying exactly why. Yeah, and and so it it, it does always feel like, uh, like you said, the, there's this stigma of swiping that sticks with him. But the vitriol behind it, the anger behind it seems out of proportion to others. And you figure there has to be something under the covers there. And you just don't exactly know what. I mean, he did also, um, as I, and maybe I've, you will know the story better than I, he used an alias for a while to try and skirt his exclusive contract to be able to work with one, both big companies at the same time. Do you, do you, have you, have you heard about that one? Yeah, the, there was that, but that was... It might have been less common when he was doing it, but that was still something that kind of was going on. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I think Rich ended up being the victim of being one of those last people who was doing a few things. Because I do think that what he was doing in terms of swiping was a much more common practice in the years before he was more prevalent. Yeah. Uh, house styles were in that was what you did you right. you would get marching orders of like we're we're hiring you on this fantastic four book because you can kind of do a jack kirby right and they would it, hire you kind of and they would tell you do a jack kirby i mean yeah hmm. you know it's that's how it was and i think what ended up happening was he stuck to some of that past the time people were moving on from that but it was prevalent uh, both in swiping and in using aliases but because he stuck to it longer it stuck to him in a way it didn't his predecessors yeah it is it is curious um it, because even when I remember when Marvel announced his death on their uh, Twitter account, the, a lot of the comments were pretty nasty. <laughs> just um, and it, it, it the, the 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 anger over it uh, seemed way out of proportion for a guy who was doing things that were very common in the industry. But uh, yeah, like, they um, right. yeah yeah his um, I remember that was very odd when when he passed away that they didn't, it, it, it was very weird how they handled it. Um, it, it his relationship with, with a lot of people was very strained. Uh, so Paul Levitz wrote uh, a nice uh, sort of obituary or acknowledgement of his passing on, on his Facebook, but even then made it a point to refer to Rich as having a complicated legacy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, he, know, he pointed out Dennis Cowan in particular and how he helped, you, you know, bring up these, you know, artists along with them. But it it's one of those things where it seemed like you can't mention the guy's name without, you know, also attacking him or else people will get the wrong impression or something. Like, you can't just be like, oh, this Rich Buckler did this. Without then following it up with, I know, I know he's a swipe artist and he's a terrible yeah. person. You know, it's very weird how how that got cultivated in a way. And, and again, we are not defending swiping. 
No, no, of course we're, not. We're simply pointing out a weird guy who's difficult to work with, who's stubborn, and has done some very odd things is far from unusual in this industry. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he was swiping the personality. Yeah. So. I mean, even uh, I was looking up just different comments and uh, there's this this comment from Byrne that said one of his motivations for doing the official handbook of the Marvel Universe that the, the covers that that form this giant picture where he basically drew all the characters. Uh, one of his motivations was doing that for doing that was to say he's drawn more Marvel characters than Rich Buckler, which feels like a very odd motivation to do something. I, I mean, yeah. That's 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 weird. <laughs> it's it's very weird. And he would later go on to being really pushed far aside in the industry. And and I mean, a lot of his work by the 90s completely dried up. Uh, and, yeah. and that's not just the case for for Rich. He swiped uh, that too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's uh, I mean, Glenn Greenberg in our interview with him. Check it out if you haven't yet. Uh, mm -hmm. Talked about how they kind of got rid of a lot of the uh, older artists and old the, the styles they considered to be outdated in the 90s to go for more of an image style. Yeah. But then when things changed, he, he was one of the people that, that was never really brought back. Uh, when they did a Deathlock series shortly before he passed, it was maybe 2015 or 2016, so somewhere around then, he got to do a variant cover for issue four. Like they didn't like it was an afterthought well after the series happened that they were like, oh, geez, uh, want to give want to give Rich a variant cover for one of these Deathlock comics? Yeah. I, and, I, you know, he, he was a pretty abrasive guy uh, in a way. I see him at cons. He, he charged three dollars for an autograph. Yeah, always, you know. uh, always move that endears you to fans. Yeah, it was, uh, and just three dollars too is just such a like. All right, three bucks. Okay, that's kind of an odd number. Yeah, yeah, very, very odd. And it wasn't like two for five. It was just like three dollars. <laughs> he filled up a pile of singles for some purpose. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah it's it is it is strange. And what's funny about all this uh, stuff too is he's got some books out that he's done uh, in particular, how to draw superheroes, how to become a comic artist uh, are books that are, you can actually, unlike other books uh, are actually in print and you can get them on Amazon today. <laughs> um, very, very, very weird. I, I don't know. Um, to me, what was his big, what was his big thing? I think he was on the death of Gene DeWolf toward the end of his Marvel uh, run. Yeah, he was on he was, that. He did one of the first black Panther uh, comics. Yeah, he he worked with you know Don McGregor and uh, what's considered one of the major runs on on that character. But mm -hmm. uh, he probably did the most on Fantastic Four. He was on that for a while, and yeah. uh, not always consecutively. But the closest thing he really had to like a run was probably world's finest at DC and fantastic four at Marvel. Cause he, he didn't do like the full 30 issues from like 142 to 171, but he did almost all of them. 
Yeah, I mean, he was uh, he did a lot of damage there. I don't mean it that way. Um, yeah, he uh, no, he he. There was a lot of comics there. Did a pretty lengthy amount of um, Justice League of America comics there. He I, yeah, he's he's got quite a well. Like we said at the beginning, he's drawn everything, and his his characters. I think it was fairly distinctive. Um, you know, I, I again, the comments are that he's got a great style that is really other people's style, yeah. but. It, it it I don't know it's 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 weird to see somebody who contributed quite a lot uh, did a lot of monthly books um, as far as I, I I was searching for it there's no comments of him being late or missing deadlines he was very reliable um, but he along with like the, there's a couple others that just seem to have this this stigma that they will never erase. Yeah, you know, I do think he was late on All-Star Squadron, which is why I was off the book at issue five. And there were some other issues in terms of, you know, I don't know all the stories, but, you know, assistance and things like that, helping him meet deadlines. Yeah. But he did do a lot. He, he certainly finished more comics than most people because you you look at that, you know, you look him up, it's, again, it's kind of sad in the sense that he never really got a run. He was yeah. always like, he was the guy, it's like, oh, we need someone to get in there and keep things going. Let's get rich. And, you know, but he, uh, he was very opinionated. Uh, I remember once commenting, because he was also a painter. And uh -huh. he'd do, he was a big fan of uh, Dolly. And I had commented about the work looking psychedelic. And he, he was very upset. He, he was like, I, I, I am not a psych, I am a surrealist. And, you know, <laughs> was very adamant about, about the, uh, the differentiation, and, you know, he, he, talking about like psychedelia, you know, that's uh, referring to drugs and that that's, I don't do nothing like that. I'd surrealism. It's very, very interesting. And, and he also, when I went to a studio, showed me pages from uh, a book he was trying to get off the ground with a writer. I, I forget the writer's name, but he showed me pages and character designs of a book that never happened. Mm -hmm. And it was because people wouldn't, return calls no one wanted to work with rich uh, to an extent some of that's earned to another extent it's hard not to feel sad that yeah. this guy genuinely wanted to make comics and just having conversations with him and, and seeing him around he i feel like he didn't quite understand why he couldn't get work in the industry anymore that he, yeah. he was genuinely genuinely bitter and frustrated over that and some of that is earned if sure, sure. some of those story you know based on some of those stories but some of it isn't well it's not like he was like vince coletta trying to throw somebody out a window yeah, and, and yeah. So there's that. had some pretty steady work there, you know, like, it, it's not quite as tragic as like a, a Kurt Swan, who right. 
really put in his dues, did everything he could for Superman, and then Crisis came along and was persona non grata at DC and uh, fell into alcoholism. And, uh-huh. uh, it, you know, that was, that's you know truly tragic. And, and we should talk about Kurt Swan sometime. Too, yes. but but Rich is such an interesting, complicated person, and his passing at the big two went by with such little fanfare. Well, yeah, I mean, for a guy, I, I, it's hard not to feel bad about it because it's a guy who gave the companies a lot, and tra- again, tracing or no, uh, swiping or no, um, tons of artists are doing it today unashamedly, and they are they are they're getting work just fine. Um, like you said, I do think there's an interesting story there about how how style pushed artists to mimic other artists. I mean, it, it was very common at Marvel to hear, we need you to do this in a Ditko style. We need you to do this in a Kirby style as the instruction given to the artist. And so if you're an artist, like, w- you know, what do you do with that? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're going to you're going to wind up very closely copying and mirroring their stuff. And in, in some of uh, Rich's case, it was. You know, complete one to one. I mean, you could see there's Fantastic Four images people have laid, you know, next to each other, and it's exactly what Kirby had done. So that's again not good. Not trying to defend that behavior, but you do feel bad for a guy who was kind of, you know, pretty much told to do that, and then suddenly it was not okay. And meanwhile, he's watched other people put that together. It's it's you know, and and also meanwhile helped introduce two of the most uh, celebrated and and beloved artists of all time. Yeah, and in his memorial through Marvel, which, um, you know, I I think we'll probably show at some point in the video that image. (laughs) In memory of an unparalleled talent, and it's picture Rich Buckler, his one creation, his one original creation at Marvel, Deathlock, is not in it. Yeah. It's Thing... And then, like, Black Bolt and Medusa are the characters <laughs> in the background. And the one character he was so proud of creating. He had a, you know, he has a Deathlock statue in, in his studio. Loves talking about Deathlock. Yeah. His memorial. The one character. He only created one major character at Marvel. And in his memorial, they couldn't even just have that character in the background. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, it's like when Herb Trimpey passed away and they didn't have Wolverine in his memorial. Sure. Well, like, I would, yeah. you know, again, it just incredibly bizarre and it's either petty or tone deaf and either are bad. Well, yeah. I mean, I play this game a lot with various, uh, people celebrities others the gentleman who does the uh, movie reviews with me ryan and i do this a lot it's it's uh, evil or stupid and yeah. you know which neither is a good answer uh, by the way but it, it, no. it's hard to tell the the fact that they had rich come back to do a deathlock variant cover shortly before he died does show they were aware he was involved in deathlock and they still like it looked like they had an intern throw together a memorial post really quick that they published in those comics after he passed away. Which probably they did. So. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, that they, is, yeah. yeah, they, they're, yeah. I, I mean, it's, you know, it's insane. I've had this conversation with a few creators who kind of nosed around and at, or no edged into this question. I'm curious to get your take on it. it and it's not a, meant to be a leading question. Is this, this industry, why does it seem to do so poorly by its legacy or by its elders, by the people who got it? Why is it that, that most people do not get the happy ending um, in comics? They tend to leave it and it's a, it's, it's, do you, do you have a view on that? I think partly because, especially for artists, it's a physically demanding job. And oftentimes artists uh, can't have the workload they want towards the end. And it's easy to forget. Um, style is another thing. It's easier to see people and writers go in and out of style. People don't like giving people who have been around a chance to come back and work on things because, oh, that's dated. No one likes it, despite the fact that we've talked about this recently. Yeah. Uh, Man of Steel Volume 1 hardcover collection, a $50 book on Amazon. I think it's you know discounted. It's probably 30 bucks on Amazon. Is outselling almost everything DC's putting out today on Amazon. I, I I don't I don't get it. I think there's lots of evidence to the case, but you know you hear that about people like George Perez, certainly John mm -hmm. Byrne. Um, I've recently started to see it cropping up with people like Mark Silvestri that his style is dated and yeah, and it's like it's weird. I, I it makes you feel old. It makes you feel angry in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. I just you get a guy who um, you know for one thing or another, and and whatever bad stories are there in the background that we don't know uh, that that led to some of this. Um, you just would hope that the industry would do better by these people in the end. Yeah, it's a real shame that someone like Rich, who genuinely loved making comics and isn't the worst person by far who's been involved in the industry, no. has been had to spend his last days, I mean, last decades, really, being... Uh, an outcast in the industry loved when people he knew were still in positions to hire and just didn't call him. And he was bitter and sad and passed away. I think a lot of people need to remember, you know, keep in mind that's the end of everyone's story. And then they died and yeah. you gotta, you got to keep these things in mind because that, that really is the end of everyone's story. No matter how great you are, that's the end of the story. And I think we would all do better to keep these things in mind and try to support the people who made this industry possible in some respect. Well, that's the best thing that's going to be said on YouTube today. So we should leave it there. Sounds uh, good. Thank you, Joe. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you.